Hey, Mark. Hi, Dennis. Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Absolutely not. In fact, never. Never. And do we ever divulge the opinions of anybody but ourselves? No, it's just our opinions and As those of our employers, no, our families. Can you believe friends, we have jobs? Our pets. Our pets. None of what we say is the opinion of my dog. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. The Human Resources Director, Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment with Mark and Dennis. Hey, Mark. Ta-da. Guess what episode number this is? 40. 40. You know, our, our, our podcast is so old, it falls under the protection of the ADEA. That's true. It's now 40. It's now 40, and our next episode will finally be older than I am. Whoa. You're only 40? You know I'm only 40. You were at my 40th birthday party. Yeah, I know. I was just pointing it out for the audience. Well, I have, I, that was should have been abundantly clear by my yeah. comment that next episode it will be older. Okay. I'm just... Our, I was trying our to audience, emphasize your point. Our audience is very intelligent. Yeah, I should not underestimate them. Um, I've got something interesting to talk about. Questions that our listeners are dying to know. Oh. For example, number one, should you have sex with someone at work? Yes. Number two, should you make videotapes of that sex happening with someone from work? Absolutely. Totally. Third, should you then post that all over the internet without their permission? What else would you do? I have no idea why you would videotape yourself having sex with a coworker unless you're going to post it all over the internet. That's what the internet is for. Right. Well, that was easy that the whole You episode. and I have both <laughs> at least heard the soundtrack of Avenue Q. Avenue Q. I was just thinking of uh, that particular song. Well, United Airlines. Did you never see it? I've actually never seen Avenue Q. It's great. I've I know, seen it a I'm couple times. Yeah, yeah. I've just time and place have never really coincided. In any event, if you want to fly the friendly skies, who do you fly? United. So guess United just got sued. Okay. And that lawsuit actually answers a lot of the questions that I just asked you. But the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission answers all of them with a resounding no. So Lame. Yeah, I know. I think our very intelligent listeners probably figured out that you were being sarcastic. Probably. But let's talk a little <laughs> bit about exactly what happened to United Airlines. I don't know anything about this. So we know this is a good case because the plaintiff's name is Jane Doe. Oh. Now, Mark, why would a plaintiff have the name Jane Doe? Well, to conceal their identity. And why would somebody get to conceal their identity in a lawsuit, he asks? Well, in case something might happen to them or there might be further retaliation or online exactly. stuff that would come out if people knew their name. Or perhaps there's just something that's really, really embarrassing. Or that. And it could be that. So Jane Doe and the EEOC just f- sued United Airlines... Jane Doe happens to be a flight attendant 
who is claiming she was discriminated against on the basis of sex because United Airlines refused to punish a pilot even though he pled guilty to posting, quote, provocative images and videos of her on the internet for years. But he pled guilty in a criminal in a proceeding. criminal proceeding. And United Airlines didn't do anything. Squat! So the one person whose name we do know, besides that of United Airlines, is Mark Eulenbrock. He happens to be a pilot for United. And he and Jane Doe had a consensual relationship from about 2002 to 2006. While they were having sex, he took pictures and videos, sometimes with her consent, other times without her consent. I, okay, I'm not surprised given the questions you asked me when we started. Right. You kind of knew where this I was knew going. I this was right? kind of going there, yes. So if that's all that happened, do we have a problem? Well, I might have a problem with the non-consensual picture taking. Yeah, that's that's a bit of an issue. But is is it an employment issue? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I kind of don't think so either. But it gets a little more interesting. Um, our our computer here wants to be updated. That's why you're hearing this little lovely musical tone. Sorry for that, folks. We'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um. So they broke up. Okay. Over the non-consensual no, video taking just, or just... They, they just broke up. And uh, the lawsuit doesn't say why. It just... She didn't know, you know. Okay. She's just... They broke people, up. People it break happens. up. People break up all the time and that's fine. Still not an issue. Here's where it might get a little interesting. Shortly after they broke up, one of this flight attendant's co-workers, a male gate agent, let her know that, hey... I've seen nude photos of you on this thing called the internet. And I was on this website for swingers and your pictures are all over that website. And the weird thing is, this is the part that I really love. Um, I thought I was chatting with you online and then you sent me more pictures of you naked. Wait, you didn't send those? Oh, <laughs> See what's happening here? Uh, uh, yeah. So what had happened was our pilot, Mr. Eulenbrock, took these pictures and then started posting them on internet chat sites for swingers and then would pose as the flight attendant, Ms. Doe, claiming to be her. And was it... Just random chance that it happened to be somebody they worked with as a gate agent, or was that somehow targeted? It appears to be random chance. Like he happened to go on to the same swinger site that the pilot went on to to post these And they photos. started chatting with each other. And he was like, hey, I know her. <laughs> Which raises some questions about that, guys, you know, but we're not going to go there. Ms. Doe is annoyed. No. Can you imagine? So she asked Eulen Brock to stop. Okay. Did That's he? That's probably a lesser reaction than I would have had in her she, shoes. Did, but maybe, yeah. maybe so. But she asked him to stop. She, she may have done other things. Those aren't alleged yeah, in the okay. complaint. But she did right. ask him to stop. But he did not. And over the next 10 years, he continued to post the images and the videos. 10 years? Yeah, went on for 10 more years. 
and at least two more coworkers saw the pictures and the videos. Ten years? Ten years. Okay. It gets better. At least some of his internet posts let the viewers know that she worked as a flight attendant. Sometimes that she worked as a flight attendant for United Airlines. Some of the images included partially nude images of Ms. Doe in her flight attendant uniform. It gets better, or worse, depending on one's point of view. He referred to her by name, identified her occupation and home airport, and made it very clear that she was an employee of United Airlines. In one case, he wrote, look for her when you fly, because she's the new reason to fly the friendly skies. He's classy. Yeah. So she sued him. She sued him? She sued him personally. She got an injunction and damages. Despite an injunction, he continued posting the images. Wow. She also complained about his misconduct to two United officials who did the proverbial diddly squat. I wonder about, about HR or whoever it is at United that's involved here. She went to HR in 2011 and guess what United did? Nothing. Deadly squat. They let her know that, well, we looked into this and his conduct does not constitute sex harassment in the workplace. Apparently it doesn't violate our policies either. Apparently not. It uh, doesn't warrant intervention or any action by us. So they didn't, they didn't discipline Mr. Eulenbrock. Couple out, a couple years later, another flight attendant comes to Jane Doe and lets her know that he had also found nude images of her on a porn site. So she filed another complaint. She provided information including dates and IP addresses, making it very clear that it was Eulenbrock that posted the images. But when he was on layover working for the airline. Now, of course, that's when. <laughs> wow. Yeah. During a time when United actually has rules restricting employees' activities and is paying their lodging and their per diem. Again, United's response? Eh. Meh. Then, in May of uh, 2015, the FBI got involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, so United's when, like. Nah, no big deal. FBI's like, wow. Wow. They're like, not cool. They arrested him and charged him with stalking. And he pleaded guilty to stalking and was sentenced to 41 months in prison. What did United do? Uh, nothing? Nothing. So he's, he's in jail him. and he's, he's on jail. the payroll. He's on the payroll. He was on the payroll for another year and one month. At which point they allowed him to retire with full benefits. No. Yes. That's why they kept him on. They just wanted to give him his retirement. Mm. Uh, maybe so. Who knows? But really? I'm not saying it was. I'm now the right wishing thing to that do. I had, you know, learned to fly airplanes. Because apparently I can, you, you know, can go do to anything. I can go to jail and still draw a paycheck, at least if I am lucky enough to work for United. 
Ms. Doe is suing United now for sex discrimination, as we uh, pointed out earlier. So I'm curious around timing of all of these things. Yeah. So she's bringing her lawsuit now. Well, the EEOC is bringing, is bringing it. its so lawsuit. When did now, she bring we don't her- know when she filed her complaint with the EEOC. And how long was he gone for before she did? I'm just, I, you know, I'm not saying it's not within the statute of limitations. There's certainly lots and lots of conduct here that would have predated. This guy was flying airplanes that until he went to jail. Right. There's a, so there's a lot of conduct here that would have predated the statute of limitations. But Well. So I'm thinking that this is a continuing violation. Ding, 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 ding. Right. And because yeah. it all relates back it, to the it same. Arguably, it could. Arguably. I think if if I'm them, I'm making that argument. If I'm united, I'm trying to say it doesn't. But I don't know right. that I feel great about that argument if I'm united. It's not my favorite argument, no. And I would want to see, you know, not to get too legal about this. I would want to see, you know, how frequently did this happen? You know, some stuff like that. To Were there was long this- gaps between right. the conduct? Or did it, did it so would think certain things get cut off from a statute of limitations right. point of view? Or not. I just one of the things that I'm frustrated with in hearing this story is that she raised it and then it continued for 10 more years. And what right. I want to know is like, again, frequency, was it the sort of thing that she didn't know was happening and then discovered it or was it undiscovered for a long time? Right. Like. Because it's hard to tell and we're not. It doesn't justify any out. of the conduct. Yeah. But legally speaking, I'm curious of how that impacts her from a. Sexual harassment standpoint. On a statute of limitations basis. Now, for the benefit of our listeners who may not have gone to law school, a continuing violation is when you have ongoing harassment without a significant break. Yep. Such that the conduct all relates back. So if it occurs within the applicable statute of limitations, some of it, Courts will sometimes allow plaintiffs to go back and recover damages for the entire course of sex harassment, which may have taken place over many years. Many, many years and may allow evidence that predates that statute of limitations. Right. Almost always they'll allow evidence. But whether you can collect damages for that. They may allow it to go back longer as well. But if there's like a big chunk of time where nothing happens. Or right, or there's knowledge that has happened and she doesn't do she anything doesn't do about anything. it. But that doesn't seem to be the case. She's doesn't alleging that she complained. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you about. And that is one of the questions I get a lot from HR folks is our employee did this really, really horrendous, awful thing to a coworker, but they did it off duty. What do I do, if anything? You're on notice of it now. Yeah, so, but but who cares? It was off-duty. They weren't at work. I, I don't think it makes a big difference. And why not? <laughs> because it's still between two coworkers, and it's still harassment. It still could relate back to the employment, right? I mean, they, know, they may know each other because it's just, legally speaking, yeah, does it without change? giving legal advice. As We're we, not giving legal advice. Right? I don't think it changes my analysis at all here, you know, unless unless I don't even know if there's an unless. It it might make me ask a few different questions. Are they in a relationship already? Are there depending on the circumstances, not that not that it would excuse this behavior. Right. Right. In this case. Right. But like certain kinds of things that might happen, you know, are they are they in a relationship? Uh, Are they seeing each other? Right. Because it does happen between coworkers. And then maybe that 
contextualizes the information in a way that makes me think about handling it maybe a little bit right. differently. But that doesn't mean that you can't be on the hook for that no. f- uh, from a harassment standpoint, right? And then even if it's between two coworkers, we've talked about this before, right? As soon as somebody in management or HR becomes aware of it, right, they still yeah. have to act even though there's not a manager involved in the harassment itself. That's when the company Correct. is deemed to be on notice. You're on notice. You got to do something. And you still have to do something about yeah. it, right? And what- it, and, and, you know, it's like, I guess, I guess you can, you can say that there's a line, right? So what happens if it's on, you know, at work? Well, then there's no question. What if it's at a holiday party that's off premises, right? But it's still, still, work f- still sponsored by work. But what happens if it's just a bunch of coworkers that get together after work as friends? Exactly. And there's harassment that takes place in a non-work setting at a non-work event and doesn't spill over into the workplace. I still think you've got a problem. You might have a problem. You might not have the same legal problem. It might not be the same I as as an HR professional. If I find out about this, I probably want to do something about yeah. it. Now, I've heard in some contacts people say like, well, I can't fire the guy because he did this off duty. Mm, no. If you are in a non union work setting i think you're pretty safe to be able to say like no you did an awful thing and i don't care and i don't want you here if you have a union setting and just cause principles apply right then then it's it may get a little more complicated because a lot of labor arbitrators want to see a nexus between the off-duty bad behavior and the workplace united airline pilots happen to be represented by a labor union yeah in this case however if United was worried about the nexus between the off-duty conduct and the workplace, I think they had one. And here's why. Who reported this to the plaintiff? Another coworker. Coworkers. And she alleges that several coworkers saw her on swinger sites and porn sites, and that's how she found out about it. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, if I saw my coworker on a porn site, unlikely to happen. But if somehow I, you know, clicked the wrong thing and there was my coworker, I'm not sure I would want to go tell my coworker that. So I'm going to make a wild assumption that it's probably the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. That's your nexus. Let me ask, does it, does it or should it matter if it's a coworker that finds out about it first or somebody who's unrelated to United? I think if she found out through somebody who was completely unrelated to United, United might have a defense to say that this did not constitute workplace discrimination because it did not alter the terms and conditions of her employment. But if the terms and condition of your employment now are that you have to put up with your coworkers commenting upon your appearance in a porno video. So so let me let me push think, on that. Is this one of those areas then where it's not the conduct itself that leads to the potential liability, but the outcome of the conduct? Ah, an interesting point. And yeah, maybe it is. I don't like that. Personally. Not legally. Right, but personally. That that bugs me because you don't have control over what happens sometimes when you when you act in a certain way. Right, like there's there's paths that can then go out in front of you, and there's a million different things that could happen. Oh yeah, it's not right? in your control. And is it the conduct that you engaged in that should cause you to be in trouble or not be in trouble or whatever it happens to be, or is it who ends up getting hurt by it, and and in what way that dictates 
right. And how you should be treated. You just described like one of the central problems in um, criminal justice. Criminal theory. justice, right? Because I try to kill somebody. And fail. And I fail. I'm not going to have as serious a penalty as if I'd been successful. And yet but your yet state of mind. But yet I did the exact mind, same thing I might have, right. right? You pointed the gun. You pulled the trigger. Right. In one case, or, you had bad aim. So you don't have to go to jail as right. long. I, I gave you some, some deadly drug. And maybe, you know, one person, you know, it's enough to kill them. And another right. person, it's not. I did the exact same thing yeah. and I get a different outcome because of that. That bugs me on, on which part of why I didn't become a criminal lawyer. It bugs me for a, <laughs> for a whole bunch of reasons because you don't see that as much in employment law. You don't. And, and perhaps it's just because of the labor component here that gets you there. Well, and again, here's the other thing. Had this guy posted you know, sex videos of him and his coworker on the internet and all kinds of people saw those, just not employees of United. She never would have found out. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Well, what it, if it, it was one of her friends that saw it? Maybe, she but that's not the allegation. Have. The allegation here is the only reason she knew about it is because of her United coworkers. Right. So, 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 so that's what happened here. That's not right, the right, right, only right, right. way it could have happened. No, it's not. I mean, but. I think that there is a case to be made to say that if the pilot took a video and posted it on the internet and the only person who saw it was her personal non-united employee friend, that it didn't alter the terms and conditions of her employment because now she can go back to work at United. And, and nobody knows and her reputation's not changed. And Now, of course, she might argue that like, well, my friend told me because she's my friend, but now I have to go to work thinking that. Like all my skeezy male coworkers logged on to Pornhub and saw my video. What about the fact that he he engaged in that criminal conduct? Either way, regardless right. of who who told her about it, he still engaged in that criminal conduct. As I think about that, that may or may not actually may not make it easier for her to bring a claim might make it harder for her to bring a claim but it still may very well violate you like any one of a number of united's policies it such may. that there should be an impact to him even if she doesn't then have a successful claim because right. of it but here's the trippy thing in the union setting there's plenty of union arbitration cases out there that say like yeah unless there is a nexus between the criminal conduct in your employment you still have to employ that person despite yes. the horrible thing that they did. Right. The horrible and criminal thing right. they did. Welcome to the world of having a union. That, that makes me feel blah. Yeah, it's, it's not a great I don't like thing. that at all. Yeah. Now, sometimes, you know, the criminal behavior you committed and the role that you play are such that you can say the publicity alone is enough, that we have a nexus. Yeah. You know, if you are a, say... You can't be effective in your job anymore. Right. Let's say you're a gynecologist and you are arrested for you know, rape. Right. You know, you probably don't want people having to go see their rapist gynecologist. It's probably bad publicity. but Well, and dangerous to your yeah. patients. But if you're a rapist and you're an auto mechanic and you didn't rape anybody at work, then there's labor arbitrators out there that will say that there is no nexus between your criminal behavior and your workplace and that it's not just cause to terminate somebody. It's trippy. It's crazy. Mm. It is what we in the labor world call the no logic zone. Mm. But there you have it. Yeah. So 
off-duty conduct that becomes on-duty problems. There you have it. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting case. It's fascinating. And prurient. Always prurient. That's like my favorite I know. thing about that's this why, podcast. That's why you liked it. Yeah. That's why I picked it. Yeah. That's why we don't do wage an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's take a break. We'll be right back, folks. Indeed, we are. Mark? Uh, you ever get a, a, an inappropriate text on your phone from somebody you didn't know who it was? Oh, somebody I didn't know. Yeah. Um, no, no I, I send you inappropriate yeah, texts on day. a daily basis. I, uh, but from a stranger, I've had that happen like once. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Corey. This Corey. was in the news a week or two ago. Corey Hain. Corey Robowski, age 19. Oh, he's not one of the 80s Coreys. No, no, not, no Feldman. Not, not Feldman or Haim. Okay. Okay. Um, no, Robowski. Uh, 19, almost Lebowski. Almost Lebowski. Almost Lebowski. Uh, Maybe he's an urban achiever. And he works at a small web design company in Chicago. Okay. So he gets a text from an unknown number. And I, I'm going to put a little disclaimer here. There is profanity and sexual content in this section. So you've been warned. You have a couple of seconds here as as I talk over Either it. shut Just, it off or turn it up. Yeah. And if you're listening in the car, I highly suggest turning it up and then rolling your windows down. Yes. Um, especially as you pass the daycare. Yes. Um, or the convent. Or the convent. Good. That, <laughs> all right. So he gets a text. Yeah. From an unknown number that says, this is on Monday, I'm making you come at 12 on Friday. <laughs> I'm not sure that's explicit. I think it's just your filthy mind reads into that to make it explicit. It may or it may not. And it may or may not be my dirty mind because I'm reading you an article about this. Okay, that's 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 a fair point. Somebody's dirty mind interpreted that exactly. as a and that sexual person, thing. That person's name is Corey Robowski. Okay. <laughs> so that's how he interpreted so it. So Corey thought this he was... He assumed the text was from a random girl because he barely ever saves numbers on his phone. And he got irritated at the assertion of being told where he needed to be for a potential dick appointment. Oh, God. So... <laughs> <laughs> so he responds, first off, you're not making me do shit. Second off... <laughs> I don't remember scheduling any dick appointments. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Corey, he, you idiot. he told the news, quote, I have bad experiences with unknown numbers, so I get fed up pretty quick. Well, as do we all. I mean, on that, on that note, I do sympathize with Corey. Then a response comes back. From his. This is your boss. Bingo. I got a new number. Corey said he was, for lack of a better word, as the article says, shook. <laughs> when I found out it was my boss, I was actually super nervous, he said. He hoped still that he could smooth it over and still plan to come into work on Friday at noon. However, it would not be that easy. His boss texted him again to say that he would be hearing from her soon to discuss the terms of his employment. Oh, my God, no. Poor Corey. Um, and that's what the text says. I'll be giving you a call tomorrow to discuss the terms of your employment with us. Uh, then, quote, 
The situation got awkward between me and my former boss, <laughs> Robowski said. So he thought he would cut his losses and share the mess on social media. Good call he wasn't sure him. how to handle the incident, so he asked strangers online. Um, people had suggestions about what to say. This is one of these BuzzFeed articles, so it goes through and um, – you know, she says, I'll be giving you a number to uh, giving you a call tomorrow to discuss the terms of your employment. Shady responds, just ask if that dick appointment would help. Um, <laughs> Jacqueline says, pretend she got the wrong number. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, somebody whose name I can't pronounce here says, I should have replied back, sorry, I run a business uh, after work hours. I apologize. <laughs> um, oh, that would have helped. <laughs> um, and Dougie says, Sorry, my dog took my phone. <laughs> I like Dougie's response. Um, Corey says that things got out of hand very quickly when his texts went viral, especially when his entire office, including the boss, found out. Oh, no. His tweet and text were liked as of when this article came out over 85,000 times. The company even reached out to him about it. They asked not to be mentioned due to the negative energy surrounding their name, he said. Uh, I'd be like, Wednesday, what will you pay me to keep on, you off of Twitter? On Wednesday, he said he decided he had to quit. I resigned oh, due to Corey. the fact that Twitter blew the situation up, he said. Um, asked what the moral of the story was for him. I shouldn't be so quick to assume. <laughs> and ask, who's this first when I get a message from an unknown number? I would love, absolutely love to be in Corey's position. That I just get random, unsolicited solicitations like that and automatically assume that they That's are legit. Yeah. If I got that, I'd clearly be like, wrong number. Yeah, me too. Which is a sad state of affairs. Corey must be just out there killing it. I mean, not not a bad looking dude. Oh, we got a picture. Of, oh, there's Corey. He, he does look good. Yeah, I'd... I'd I'd imagine he is quite popular with the ladies. Yeah. So, anyway, um, my, a, a tale, my a hero. tale of the modern age, modern age of employment. How to get? Uh, well, he didn't get fired, but he did have to quit. He was about to get fired. He was probably once you get something that says, "Let's discuss the terms of your employment." They're not going to give you a raise. No. Probably not. Probably not. That was a good story. I like it. Good. We'll be back with another story from, from a, a listener, listener in just All a right. moment. Okay, so we just had a story that Mark told us, which was a great story, but it did have a little profanity in it, and it did have the word dick. And since we've already sort of, you know, jumped off that particular wedge, I told Mark he should, you know, pick a story with profanity in it so that we could, you know, continue a theme and get all of our profanity done in one episode with one disclaimer. But this is better because it, you know, kind of counterbalances the word dick. So, Mark... <laughs> We have a C-word story. Perfect. Reminds me of that episode that we did with PK a while back where we discussed the, the C-word. C-word. Yes. Um, and, and why in, you and I should never say it. And I don't plan to. Oh. Sorry. I, I can just hear the groans of disappointment from yes. our listeners. Um, but I will say that when I got this email in and the subject line was, Letter C, letter U, next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. It it turned my head. 
Have you ever told somebody, see you next Tuesday, meaning that I will see you yes, in Tuesday of I next have, week? I have done that. And then like 20 minutes later, been like, <gasps> because I know what that means. Yeah. And I hope they didn't take it that way. I did that to a union rep during bargaining. And she looked at me and was pissed. And I was immediately no, literally like, oh I'm my seeing God. you on Tuesday of next week. <laughs> and, and then she like totally understood my apology. I think she saw me turn like pale white, but it was hilarious. Anyway, tell us a story. So hi, Mark and Dennis. Uh, hi. And our, our listener says she, she thought a long while about whether to send this or not and decided it's definitely worth it despite being a long story. She made the right call. Um, it is intended to be anonymous. Okay. So you can think up a name afterwards if you want, not once you've heard the story. Who, me? Yeah. You well, you're very good at coming name. up with the names. Susie Bottoms. From? I'm going to go with Albuquerque. Susie Bottoms from Albuquerque. All right, Susie. Um all right. So remember that episode several weeks ago about the C word? Oh, yes, we just funny talked you mentioned about that. that. I like to call that word "see you next Tuesday." Get As it? Do I. Get it? Did see it. you next Tuesday. Yeah, we already covered that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we do get that. I, I'm um, Susie and I are like like right, this. We're right on the same on page. It. All right. Anyway, I have a listener story, and it ties into the C word. It was a long journey with the star of this particular show, Kevin. Kevin worked in our Tampa, Florida medical office in treating breast cancer patients with chemotherapy. Kevin had some health issues himself and had been to my office several times about various HR-related issues related to problems with coworkers, issues with his manager, medical leave, and more. One day, Kevin just about passed out in the office. Drunk. Maybe. (laughs) Um, Considering this is a medical office, there were many nurses nearby. Oh, good. Convenient. Uh, very convenient. So Kevin was in a treatment room, so a few nearby coworkers quickly laid him down on a treatment table. The door was slightly closed, but open enough that you could see into the room if you peeked. Well, the manager decided to go into the room, you know, to make sure that the employee was alive and breathing. But boy, good to be concerned about. The nerve. All caps. Uh-oh. The Kevin man- did not take kindly to this? The manager was going to call 911 when he was alerted that the nurse already had. I mean, the manager does have a responsibility for the well-being of the employee, right? Well, I guess not. Kevin was furious because he felt that his privacy rights had been violated. According to Kevin, the manager barged into the room to see what Kevin was doing and then rolled his eyes when he thought Kevin was faking it. Then he well, was Well, Kevin Then he was gossiping about Kevin's medical condition to the nurse when discussing if someone called 911. Kevin threatened to sue and took leave of absence for some medical issues related to the incident. I spoke to the manager about Kevin, and the manager explained that the door was open, he did not barge in, and was just ensuring the safety of his employee. Yeah, totally legit. Totally legit. Another time, Kevin was helping a coworker design a logo for a yoga program that she started. Kevin was known to be very artistic. Kevin asked the employee if she would pose for him while he drafted a couple of logos. Okay. He made a suggestive comment to her that perhaps she should be wearing a lot less clothing when he draws it. 
The manager was down the hall and overheard the conversation. He took Kevin aside privately and told him not to speak like that towards employees as it could be taken as inappropriate and could create an uncomfortable working environment. Indeed. Kevin explained to HR about his privacy being violated once again by the manager who was eavesdropping. Various other times, Kevin would arrive to the office late for work. This is a bigger deal in a medical facility where patients are waiting to be seen than in a normal office oh, environment. Totally, totally. Some of the reasons Kevin would provide for being late included that his cat has a, had a sock stuck around its neck. <laughs> I wonder how that happened, Kevin. His radio in his car was broken and he needed it to drive. Um, yes. And he had to take a second shower because uh, when he took out the trash, it leaked on him. What a tool. So fast forward a couple months later, Kevin is on light duty and he has a boot on his foot. This is unrelated. Like a, like a medical. A medical boot. A, a medical boot, not a yeah. cowboy boot. Correct. This is unrelated to the previous medical incident. Kevin is working one day and he approves a plan for care for, chemo, for chemotherapy without physician approval. Oh, yeah, because, you know, you or I could have... Any chemo I mean, plan. We stayed in a Holiday Inn Express last night. Yeah, totally. No. Um, that, it's not cool. Um, no, because they don't pay us for advertising. Right. But speaking of which, Google hasn't sent us crap. Anything. And now we will be waiting <sighs> Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, Thank you on. very much. Um, basically, he started treating a woman for breast cancer without a doctor approving the treatment, dosage, etc. Which, you guessed it, is a pretty big deal. And after investigating the issue, we learned he did it a total of three times in the same week. What an idiot. It was clear as day. When I called him and asked him about it, he admitted to doing it. He didn't think there was anything wrong since the doctor took too long to review the chart. Kevin's a real... See you next Tuesday. Winner. Kevin had several written warnings in his file, and his performance review even notated some similar issues about not following physician direction. Uh... What are the chances that a performance review actually works in your favor? Hey, uh, first. Uh, We made the decision to terminate Kevin. Good call. The manager, who we all know by now, Kevin clearly doesn't like, and I met with Kevin later in the week. Kevin was informed that he was being let go based on his most recent incident of treating multiple patients for chemotherapy without physician approval. Silence. Awkward silence. Mm. Kevin... Do you have any additional questions? No, thank you. I would like to go to my desk to gather my belongings. Sure, Kevin, we'll go with you. We do ask that you leave in a quiet and professional manner as our paths may cross again in the future. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure this will, you know. Kevin unevenly walks ahead. Remember the boot. He starts cleaning out his desk and then the anger ensues. Oh, no, Kevin. He starts yelling at us. You idiot. Telling us he's going to call the Civil Rights Commissioner. Yeah, go for it. We'll be hearing from his lawyer. This is illegal, etc. He took his keys and pegged them at the manager. He had good aim. Whoa. Yeah. He knocked all the supplies off his desk and onto the floor. And then he called me the C-word. Oh, my God. He said, you are a... C-word. Rhymes with hunt. Yes. Note to Mark, you are free to say the word as he really did. She censored it in her email because she is all sorts of uncomfortable typing curse words. Um, Fair enough, but man. Yeah. So then he called the manager a douchebag. Pot kettle. Right? 
Kevin is just the penultimate douchebag here. Little side note: You know what the word penultimate actually means? Next to next, next to, to last. He's not the next to last douchebag. No, but it's he's just a big one. It's a colloquialism yeah, to use it, it in that context. I know it's it not drives exactly. Me nuts. Yeah, it's like people who use. Did I ever tell you that story? Like you are literally the dumbest person on earth. Did I ever tell you the story about how I learned what that word meant? No. Uh, I had a constitutional law professor. Yeah. Who in my first year of law school and he was like Mr. Socratic, but like he'd be he was impatient Socratic. So oh. so every time like he'd call on somebody and they didn't know the answer he'd call the next person and the next person and sometimes on a single question he'd snake his way around the entire class wow on the same question what a douchebag (laughs) (laughs) this is named kevin and one of i know lots of kevins who are not douchebags yeah no i love you kevin um not this kevin no um but one of his favorite questions or, or or directions was look at the penultimate sentence on the penultimate paragraph of the penultimate page of this case or some combination thereof. Yeah. And almost nobody in the class, including myself, I will admit, knew what that word oh, meant. Really? So he keeps asking this question and we're a bunch of law students. And you don't know what he's talking about. And this was this was in what was this? This was two thousand. We did have the ability to look this up on the internet. Oh, okay. And nobody did. Whoa. So he would just go around and finally somebody just was like, I'm sorry, Professor, I don't know what that word means. Wow. A brave soul. Brave soul. Next to last. Next to last. Um, Or just like just about the biggest douchebag ever. I think that's how it ends up in that context. Like, yes. you're not the biggest douchebag, but you're the next to biggest douchebag. That's right. I think the that's how the douchebag is the next to last, next to biggest douchebag. Yeah, okay. I think that's how it sneaked into our language in that colloquial sense. Fair enough. All right. So he did, in fact, call the manager a douchebag. He said our office was going to be closed for all of our violations. He threw his stuff everywhere, papers, empty water bottles, hand sanitizer, etc., he was calling the Florida Board of Health. We asked him to please come down as he was making a scene. He started to walk, uh, I think there's a typo here, walk out the door and down the hall, yelling with his fist in the air and repeatedly calling me C-word. Whoa. Loudly. And his manager a douchebag. Which, by the way, Kevin, that's going to come in really handy when you do file that lawsuit against yes, your former employer. and you have an entire workplace of people who witnessed it. Yeah, because calling the HR manager the C-word as you, you know, storm out the door, that, juries love that. They're going to shower you with wealth. So he's walking down the hall, and he approaches the doorway, and then, bang, his boot gets stuck in the doorway. <laughs> And he stumbles back. Oh, my God. Then he looks at them, walks out of the office, never to be seen of or heard from again. Oh, good. And no, it turns out I did not see him next Tuesday or ever again for that matter. <laughs> um, good riddance. I love your show and enjoy listening to it. Oh, Keep thanks. on keeping on. We will. Thanks. Oh, thank you. That was a great story. And then she follows up by saying she does have some holiday stories that are almost unbelievable. Oh, please. And she's going to work some for the holiday season. Um, we'll need them. She said in a they're few not months. as intense as fluids. Thank God, because that, um, no. But do involve some managers coming on to employees. Okay. We're, so we're good with that. We're, we're all over that. Yeah. So so please submit those. And if you have stories like this, please submit them to us. Stories at 
hwepodcast.com. I want to say we we did get some response to all of our pleas. It's we, pretty impressive. We have about seven or eight stories now. Which in is our, only two months worth. Bank. So, so keep them coming. Keep them coming. Um, we are still putting out that desperate plea despite the fact it's that a we've had quite less a desperate. number of – It's a little less desperate. But I think we got complacent about it before, assuming people would send stuff in and then they yeah, didn't. So they didn't. So we're going to keep a high on. alert on here. So yeah. – um, if you have that story, you've been listening for a while, you haven't, you, you know, you just, you didn't feel like taking the time to write it down. Right. Or, and you just want to hear Mark's voice tell your story. Then you should send it to us. By all means. Stories at hwepodcast.com. And if you're on Twitter and you're not following us, you're a bigger douchebag than Kevin. Probably. So fix that. We are at hwepodcast on Twitter. And we're on Patreon if you want to even better donate to the cause a little bit. And get a little Patreon-only content. Yeah. Um, go to patreon.com slash HWE. Give us a measly buck, and you can instantly download four special Patreon-only episodes. More to come, I promise. It's, it's been hard with the summer, with yeah. vacations and but stuff. We're just, fall, we're just we're getting just this episode like, in under the boom. wire because I've yeah. been on vacation. So yeah. uh, hopefully next week we can maybe record a little bit That's of That's a good uh, thought. Patreon that, that is our, our squad goal for next week is yeah, to uh, an do a Patreon-only Patreon. episode. Yeah. Yeah. We had to d- record a whole bunch of new opening disclaimers this episode. Yeah. That took up a lot of time. You can tell they are finely crafted, um, yeah, they professionally were not, done. Yeah. Um, they were clearly <laughs> crafted in any way. Yes. They were crafted. Yes. On the fly. Yeah. Spontaneously. We also have heard from our listeners. Oh, yeah, they we did like, a poll. We did a poll. Those and of you, you guys who said, on Twitter wouldn't have seen that. No. So those of you not on Twitter have literally no voice. But our Twitter followers seem to think that the ideal episode length was about 45 minutes. And looking at our timer here, we're up on, you know, 47 or so. So we should probably wrap this thing up and land this plane. Boom. Boom. Um See you next Monday. Oh. At lunch, I'm going to the same place Mike Snyder went to pick up my brand new fake ID. Chicka, chicka, yeah, fake ID, fake ID. Outside.